listen, guys, a controlled demolition is real. They really do blow up buildings. And when they inject the vaccine into your arm, there really are chemicals in there unless they're using a benign saline solution. If you demolish an entire World Trade Center complex, not just two towers and WTC7, but the entire complex, and you don't first remove the asbestos and the toxic materials, you're going to poison a lot of people and a lot of people are going to get sick. And if you inject people with an experimental mRNA therapeutic and you haven't thoroughly tested, there's a high likelihood that a lot of people are going to get sick. When you use depleted uranium, as was done in the Iraq war, and it fragments wherever it's used, it gets in the soil, it gets in the water, and it causes deformed babies. It causes people to get sick. Those are real consequences. When you spray Agent Orange over thousands and thousands of acres of Vietnamese jungle, as they did, a lot of people are going to get dioxin poisoning. That's not fake. That's real. So, yeah, I want somebody to explain to me how controlled demolitions, the spraying of Agent Orange, the use of depleted uranium is fake. It's not fake. It's real. And it's warfare. Thanks. Music just gets me going, doesn't it? That was Lynn Ertel. She'll be calling in later. That was a very strongly worded voicemail. And she'll be coming on later. But as you know, this is Thursday, March the 2nd, 2023. It's 8.16 p.m. Toronto time. And this is the Fakeologist Show. Coming to you from the North Shore of Lake Ontario in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This is Thursday, as I said, and this is Frank's Day, an ounce of salt per day, how to take care of your penis.com. And Frank, on a new computer, how are you? Welcome. I'm very newly computed. We had a false start because I forgot to press the second start button. So we are live now on YouTube, Facebook, Unknown Causes Group. We are on Twitter. We are on DLive. And, of course, we are on the world-famous FACOTube, FACOTube.com. And we have more people on FACOTube, which is great. People are migrating over to the great platform of FACOTube. And uh, how has your week been, Frank? I have had a stellar week. Really? And why the new computer? The new computer? Yeah, why the new computer? What happened? Did you... I'm at work. Oh, you're at work. I'm, op- I, I'm, I'm at the, um, the Palace of Salt. So you took a break from your busy mining business to come on and do it's, your it's weekly t- duty here at the Fakeologist Show. To do my duty, my call of duty. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm here, I'm, I'm here to serve we are here on the Faco. I'm looking at the FACO tube chat now. 
the the author of Faco Tube changed some things around. Uh, instead of lighting up the people that are in the chat, I can't see who's in the chat right now because he decided that the the green lights that indicated who was online was causing server performance issues. I said that's I really don't like that. So now I don't see who's actually in the chat unless you guys type a message saying hello. Which is annoying because before, as I said, your light would light up if you were logged in to the chat. So I, I know we have six live listeners now, which I thank you for. I'm grateful for. And as I said before, at the beginning of the show, Lynn will be joining us around 8.30. I told her to call in because she sent that voicemail in this morning. I couldn't take the call because I was chewing on my breakfast when she called. And she had something to say. So did you hear that? Yeah, and what did you think of that app? I, I wasn't sure what you was arguing for or against. So that's why I said, can you call in? Because I really don't want to get into an email exchange because this sounds like a hot and heavy topic. Yeah, well, I, I think the point she's making is that um, the actions, you know, although the, the we could call them the events are faked, in, you know about the presence of planes and so on. Yeah, it it is a fact that the buildings were demolished, and it is likely, if if you're an asbestos believer, that there's been some damage done to people as a result of the mm. the dust being generated. And, and similarly, I I'm gonna I've argued been arguing exactly the same with the injections. The injections, while the whole pandemic thing is um, a complete deception. There is a real consequence to people having things stuck in their arms. Oh, I'm going to agree with that too. The asbestos, I don't know about, but um, I guess it's a possibility. The fine asbestos dust could be carcinogenic and it could have been breathed in by whatever New Yorkers were in the area. How fast do you think that would have dispersed? In a, if uh, it was the asbestos. Well, again, a lot. So the, I, I think I, I, sorry for what it's worth. I'm totally on board Simon Shack's idea that that you saw smoke all day and that the smoke was from smoke machines. Yes. I don't know what the I don't know what the toxicity of smoke machines is or not, but the how quickly the dust would settle from the demolition, I think, um, would be relatively quickly. But the cleanup of the dust. Was it done with hazmat suits or were people taking risks because of the their perception of what was an emergency? I think it's quite likely that firefighters and other rescuers weren't using the right protective equipment. We, we don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. But I, I uh, um, anyway, I, I think that uh, what Lynn is saying is more or less how I feel about it all or what I think about it, I should say. Yeah, there, there, is, there the is a real consequence. And protecting people there is a are part of the EPA's mandate. But if the air at Ground Zero was safe, why were so many people getting sick? Even some of EPA's own staff doubted the agency's assurances about safety. Among them, senior policy analyst Hugh Kaufman. Kaufman, I love the name. Mrs. Whitman, <laughs> national TV, smiled at the camera, and told that's, everybody. That's a coincidence, Ed. 
everybody, everything not. was safe, and it wasn't. As I say, you know asbestos was in there, is in those buildings, lead is in those buildings. There are the, the VOCs. However, the concentrations are such that they don't pose a health hazard. We're going to make sure everybody's safe. They've been saying everyone's safe for so many years now. Isn't that funny? I'll put and it yeah. we, we, we have a very good example of what they mean by safe with regard to the injections. That's right. What, safe what, they mean, what they mean by safe is they're safe for the people that are preparing them because they've had themselves indemnified. So they're perfectly safe for them. Mm. Yeah. They're always telling the truth. It's just because they don't tell the whole story, it comes across as a lie to the rest of us. Well, they just made no attempt to tell you who who was who was safe from the injections. That's all. Just a minor oversight. That was Christy Todd Whitman. I don't know if that was a Christy or a Todd, but um, she was the governor <laughs> of New Jersey. But at one point, I guess she was the head of the EPA, EPA at that time. I don't know which came first. But, but it's in the, isn't it interesting that that people would be making those kind of claims. Mm-hmm. Um, she wouldn't have any of that information. You know, toxicity studies take a long time. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I worked um, directly for and also with um, one of the top environmental engineering agencies in the world, Golder Associates. And, um, you know, those toxicity studies, they take a long time. You know, there's a whole bunch of soil testing and sampling and getting stuff back that takes a long, long time. For them to be able to make any claims about the toxicity or otherwise of what was going on there is, you know, just completely ridiculous. Just doesn't um, match real world. Correct. What's the what's the update on the death count in the Corporation of Victoria? I, I, I did check this morning. They haven't updated uh, Fribby, and I might just do that one more time quickly, just in case there has been a change. Um, and let me let everybody here know that we had some notification issues with FacoTube. Like I said, FacoTube is updated every day. Sometimes he fixes things, and other days he breaks things. So the notifications were broken for newly uploaded videos and the view counts reflect on that. So there have been a couple of um, videos that went up today in the last couple of days that didn't get many hits. I noticed Cooler1021, who does have upload permission, has uploaded a few videos. Um, not quite sure if... Uh, as I've, as I've told, the few, very few of uh, uh, those that can upload to FacoTube should try and keep it to videos that are um, in danger of being taken down and or are on other platforms that are hard to reach. But uh, you can subscribe to Cooler and uh, his videos do appear in the latest videos. But I, you can look on the bottom to see who the uploader is. The main person who uploads is, of course, me, the fakeologist admin. And we had a few videos, again, in the last few days that didn't get a lot of action because, of course, I did not highlight them or you didn't get a notification. What did you find out, Frank? Yeah, it hasn't been updated. So it's 
So I'm still waiting for the February figures. They should be here by next week, for sure. Okay. What have you learned in the last week? I don't have too many posts to riff on. Um, well, I, I, the things that I've been listening to is, um, is uh, what's going on within the um, the various local councils, state governments, and the Australian government, who are now moving rapidly to um, close the loop on the. 2030 agenda, you know, the kind of communitarianism you're talking about, the making people um, have to pay enormous house rates. So they've just introduced legislation that uh, in Victoria where people are, oh, in Queensland where people are paying uh, land taxes on their own house, whereas before it was just on um, private, uh, sorry, on uh, investment properties or commercial properties. And um, and then there's some other taxes that not for your own house, but for commercial properties and a few other types of properties, rental properties and so on, where if the value of the property is over $3 million, you can end up paying over $88,000 a year. Now, there's because there's been such a rapid escalation of house prices in Melbourne, you know, they've been inflated. These, um, mm -hmm. Because, these because of be low interest rates primarily, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, well, no, because of direct government policy. It would be a combination of that and first homeowners bonuses and, mm -hmm. you know, and allowing the unfettered growth of the credit and the money supply through mm -hmm. through, through credit. So they're going to have to pay a capital gains, an unrealized capital gains tax every year if the price of their property is over $3 million? No, it's, it's what they call a, a uh, just, they just call it a land tax or a property tax. Mm -hmm. so there, there already is property tax, I assume, on property. But yeah, it's a, a smaller amounts, but these these are much larger amounts. Mm -hmm. And the other, and so the development of, that, that's of keen interest to me is coming through Know Your Rights Group is to establish, and I think as I spoke about last week, the establishment of a second uh, way to register your land title because land titles have been privatised, as we discussed last week. Um, the land title yes. registration has been computerised and privatised in Ontario, yes. where I live. Yeah. So it's not That's a public... Happened. It's not in a public paper-based record system, publicly administered. Now, it it's just another of the public-private partnerships, the PPP, which is something pretty interesting because... This was discussed on bailiwicknews.substack.com, Catherine Watt, and yep. she highlighted something from Ian Davis, who I offered to come on to the show, and he didn't respond. But That's a pity. He does a lot of discussion on public-private partnership, G3P, which may have something yep. to do with it. And Anyway, in, the, in this particular instance, the thing that's been, I guess, giving me... Uh, a, a focus is that um, it appears that uh, people involved with the Know Your Rights group have uh, well well into progressing the establishment of an alternative lawful titles act, a titles system, where you can you can um, if you like register your title through them, and in that way you're not subject to these taxes. 
because they have got no hold over you. There's no, you know, there's no way that they can um, take your title off you when you challenge the when you challenge the lawfulness of the taxes, which, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on. So that looks like very promising, excellent news, really, in my opinion. If you're able to get an alternate system, you think they'll allow that? Well, they can't stop it. Okay. So, but um, they have the guns. <laughs> they have the guns. Really? I mean, that's, that's right. what it comes down to. Um, maybe. Sure, it may be that. And uh, the other very interesting thing was to find out um, uh, that a <laughs> in the 80s, a law student managed to turn all of Australia into the state of Caledonia. Um, yeah. So there's been lots of uh, stuff happening here. That, that All of these changes, uh, uh, the, the stuff that's going on in Australia with regard to forcing people to do things, has really generated a huge amount of interest in how the law works. And, you know, there's, you know, a lot of people are having a lot of success in challenging fines and so on, including myself, as I've discussed. Um, and I even had a bit of um, success using the, um, when I say a lot of success, using the, the, um, conditional acceptance system with um, uh, the Perth Mint recently where they were changing the terms and conditions of the way the Perth Mint operated. The Perth and Mint is in money? The Perth Mint is, is the most common place that people buy silver and gold and other precious metals. In Australia. Oh, 14 oh, seconds. Got Lynn on the line. Hey, Lynn, hey. hello. How are you? Okay. We just Hi, Lynn. I'm Frank. Yeah. It's uh, great to be on the same call with you. What's that? My name is uh, Frank, and I'm uh, delighted to be on oh, the yeah, call with yeah, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great to the first great, time. Are you, right. Are you also on Ounce of Salt today? I am. Right. I think he's up to two ounces now. Yeah, that seems a little bit, a little bit high. I like the fasting part, but an ounce of salt is a lot of salt. <laughs> so. Frank at fakeologist dot com. By the way, you are still getting emails at that address, are you, Frank? They are. I haven't had a I haven't had a single oh a single other than from me. Other than from you, yeah. yeah. So salt's not a very interesting topic compared to asbestos, um, Lynn. Well, yeah. Uh, Right, uh, that's did, a good point. Did you Although, hear the beginning of the show, Lynn? Oh, uh, to tell you the truth, I just set my alarm and <laughs> took a nap. <laughs> oh, that's all right, because you opened the show with your voicemail. Oh, oh, okay. So I was a little bit riled up because... You were. I've been, I've been reading so much about um, the situation in Ohio. Okay. And uh, What's your take on it? Well, I can't claim to know what actually happened, but I'm just seeing too many, too many reports from people who actually went through themselves, including chemical engineers who... Um, the guy on TikTok, you think that guy was a chemical engineer? 
not just the guy on TikTok. Okay. That was one that that was a sample that I sent. I know that was the I, that was the viral one. I saw everyone saw that guy. I think. Yeah, I think um, he's as much a chemical engineer as I am, uh, um, aircraft pilot. Well, you'd have to check that out. I mean, you'd have to ch check out his bone a few days, but. I'm just seeing too many. One of the major sources that I've been looking at on this is Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond. And he's a pretty straight, very rigorous researcher, yeah. and very much a straight shooter. And I've also been listening to his group discussions. He has a group there. It's called Dialectical Dissidents, the Pirate Broadcast. Or, All right. Right. Do so you he has recommend that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think because... because they're honest. They could be wrong. They could be dead wrong. But it sounds like they're doing their homework. So uh, I, I don't know what to say for sure about this, but I've just seen too many, too many reports of uh, of people uh, experiencing symptoms of sickness, pets dying, uh, just too many. And and I'm and from I'm hearing it from people who and there's just too there's too much around this. To say that the thing is was entirely faked and that it was harmless, and uh, it was a controlled demolition of something we don't know what. Um, but you know, it's like saying that the controlled demolitions on nine eleven were fake. They they demolished the entire complex, not just those two towers. Yeah, I agree. Right. I agree with that. And they didn't warn anybody first, and they didn't do any, as far as we know, they didn't do any as mess, as removal of the asbestos or the toxics, which is usually what's done before controlled demolitions. And you could say, well, who would be crazy enough to do that, to demolish the World Trade Center and not remove the toxics first and expose everybody to all that asbestos? And I'm telling you who. So, you know, I'm saying that's exactly what they do. So I can and see I they've done a lot, many videos, and I've got the, the Last American Vagabond pulled up here on the Odyssey screen here. I can see how you would be thinking that way because they've done a t quite a bit of discussion on the Ohio. Right, and they're willing to countenance our uh, perspective on this. That, well, the thing, or in other words, the idea that um, this thing was staged or contrived. One of the things that, that seems to confirm it for me is the fact that in advance of the event itself, they were conducting this experiment where they were tagging uh, the residents of the town. or They were they, offering up the uh, MyID program, yeah. not Who knows well, how many got onto it, though. Yeah, but not just the ID. The idea is that, they be, that it's like a medical ID thing. They're basically tracking the medical condition of these people. That's That's the ostensible rationale for this uh, advanced identification of these people, almost as though they were conducting an experiment on them. Now you could say, well, it's only a psychological experiment. They're only messing with people's minds, but I wouldn't put it past them to subject a population to a chemical experiment. Yeah. I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them to derail a train either. Do you listen I, to, I, are you still listening to IPS? Yeah. Yeah, and he insists he's... I really love his take on it. I really well, resonate you know, with his take. Yeah, he's talking about the color of the cloud. And I was watching the interview with another chemical engineer, a ostensible chemical engineer. I haven't checked out this guy's <coughs> professional, but it sounded like he knew what he was talking about. 
These, there's people up there now testing. They're testing the water. They're testing the soil. I like the they're guy walking the around, and he brought his camera up to all the EPA machines, and they all showed zero. Some of them showed Well, it depends what you're testing for, right. and it depends how the test is rigged. But I've also seen the videos of the oily sheen in the creeks and in the soil. And now maybe maybe they they uh, deliberately exploded something that um, was not vinyl chloride or polyvinyl chloride. But I'm not willing to make that assumption. I don't know what the hell they they blew up up there. I don't know whether it was a real derailment or a staged derailment. I suspect it was a staged derailment. Yeah. Well, there was but a what, movie. What, what, Did you see oh, the movie, White Noise? Yeah, I never have watched that through the whole movie, but obviously the fact that the movie happened in advance. And has anyone re- has anyone here watched it? Frank, have you watched it? I, I, I had a chance to watch it last night, but I didn't. I should have done that. You missed the chance to watch White Noise, a Netflix special? It's a terrible yeah. movie. I hear. I, I hear it's it's really not a, such a great movie. So I'm just wondering if any of the well, okay, I, I might have to watch it. It's going to be very difficult for me to do so. But uh, I I, I actually could have watched it last night. You just what? coming back back again to this question of what's fake and what's real. Yeah. Right. I don't think the uh, the vaccine mandates were fake. I agree. In other words, I agree. Yeah. I, right. Real. So right. Real and intimidation. Not just real intent. We don't know what's in that uh, mRNA therapeutic. Well, I agree with well, that. Well, we do kind of. We do I thought you were talking of. about the mandates. The mandates were real. Yeah, the mandates are real. And also the liquid that they shoot into your veins, it may be more than a saline solution. I agree. They, that I agree with. I'm okay with that. Well, well in, it, it turned out in Australia the mandates were not real. Okay. Um well, non non enforceable, but uh, I don't know right. what it was like in the USA. It's a different setup, but it turned out here that no no prosecutions um, that have been challenged, not, not have, legally, uh, but, but you could be fired it. from you could be fired from your job for not taking this shot. So, in other words, yes, lo- the law itself may have been fake, where they attempted to do this legally, but in practice, coercion was used because pe- look, I have talked to so many one hundred percent. I agree. I agree with that. Right. I was just yeah. having now I once a year, well more than that now, I go to see a a, a crew, a medical crew, um, up there at Johns Hopkins Bayview. And uh I'm dealing with them because uh, I have a hypertension issue. You and don't they, say. <laughs> yeah, they've they've written prescriptions for hypertension. And I've, uh, in a sense, I'm kind of like, you know, but on the other hand, I haven't gone on the statins. They wanted me to do that. I haven't done that. But at least for the moment, I'm using one of the prescriptions that they've written. Now, here's the thing. These people have told me, uh, this particular doctor and nurse practitioner, have said, hey, they made us take the shot. So in other words, when I said, well... You know, when, when the discussion, they always have to ask you about, uh, have you taken the vaccine? You know, have you, uh, I don't know. Have you, they, have you allowed co- the, have you allowed the injection into your life? I like how Tim puts right, it. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, you know, and I explained to them my experience with the 1976 swine flu debacle. Oh, you took the, the swine shot? In 1976 when, yeah. uh, 
Right, and and no, I didn't suffer from it, but uh, but they yanked that vaccine Too fairly quickly. Yeah, and and Mike Wallace on sixty Minutes still has that famous interview with the pharmaceutical company executives yeah, where they admit I like that one. A disaster. Do you think there was real investigative reporting back then? Was Mike a real deal? He certainly had the. Well, how real? Of- I mean, how real is a special effect? Because mm-hmm. that's really what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. In a movie, you can have a cast of thousands, and that's where all the people come from. And they sign non-disclosure agreements, and that cast of thousands can be a lot of people who are willing to be part of that narrative. And then you've also got people who, because they're cult followers, they want to be part of the narrative. But you've also got special effects in the special effects department, and special effects can be very, very convincing. Oh, yeah. So, for example, during the filming of the movie Ben-Hur, we were told that the chariot racing was so realistic that someone was accidentally killed. A stunt, a stunt driver was actually killed during the filming of the chariot racing during Ben-Hur. You're not going to tell me that's not true, are you, Lynn? I have. I really, I, have I really don't that. know. But I have used ever, that story so often. If you've ever watched the movie. They did things with real stunts in 1958, 59. They used real stunt actors doing real stunts with real horses. Uh, Often uh, they set fires and explosions. They didn't have the digital effects that we have now. And there were accidents. And the thing that really brought this home to me was a 1976 Academy Award-winning film called The Day of the Locust, based on a novel by uh, Nathaniel West. Uh, he wrote it in 1936 at the height of the Great Depression. And it, it's a you should everybody should see this movie. I think you told me to down to watch it, didn't you? Day yeah, of the yeah. Locust. You told me to watch that. I remember. Yeah, because it shows how a staged event can become a real riot. At the very end, it culminates in this massive riot. It's during the premiere. You know, Hollywood used to have these premieres for the opening of a movie where thousands and thousands of people would show up, cult followers of the stars. And the stars would come out in their tuxedos and gowns, and it would be for the premiere showing of a movie. And you could look at newsreels of these events. It shows one such event in Hollywood that turns into a riot where people are turning over cars and setting fire to them and everything else. But there's also another scene in the, in the film about the uh, staging of a movie. And the subject of the movie is the Battle of Waterloo. And so they've got their cast of thousands, and I mean all kinds of extras, actually reconstructing or simulating the Battle of Waterloo. And... Uh, there's a, it, it, what happens on a movie set is there's all these things going on at the same time. And they show you a pile of signs, danger, stay off, that the, um, the technical crew never bothered to put up these warning signs. And consequently, when another section of the movie production that's actually staging this scene from the Battle of Waterloo comes climbing up the scaffolding. The scaffolding collapses. Fortunately, no one is killed, but several people have broken legs, and there's a subsequent discussion in the movie about how they cover this up, basically, and, and get the insurance company to 
compensate the people who have been injured in staging this very convincing special effect. And so what I'm saying here is that, in effect, even during the film of a movie, and the, the other one I was thinking of was uh, uh, there was an actor named Vic Morrow who is in a, it was in, involved in filming a movie about the Vietnam War in which they use a helicopter, and apparently the helicopter crashed, and uh, this actor, Vic Morrow, and a couple of the uh, children who were, who were acting in the movie were killed along with him. I'm pretty well convinced that this actually happened because you never heard from Vic Morrow again, and they had no reason to wipe him out. There was really no reason to make up something like this. There was no motive to do it. Accidents do happen during the filming of a movie, especially if the special effects are convincing. When you stage the controlled demolition of 200-story skyscrapers, a 47-story skyscraper, which is what Building 7 was, Yeah. And also all the other buildings in the complex. That's the thing. Yeah, nine important. buildings. Yes. I got into a discussion with a group of people, 9-11 truthers, and they've really gotten into the details of WTC6, WTC5, all the buildings that were destroyed. This was a massive, massive demolition. It was not just the demolition of uh, a stage front. It was a real demolition of real buildings. There was a real rubble pile. And as I say, up to this point, it would appear that, that the asbestos was never removed. And that in itself would have endangered a lot of people. Now, the EPA uh, secretary, Christine, got Todd Whitman. Yeah, we played that uh, clip before you woke up. Okay. I played it. It was a good one, right, Frank? Yeah. Yeah, well, except that, Lynn, my comment, I've worked for a very large um, environmental consultancy, not as, a, not as an environmental engineer myself, but, you know, with this company. And um, the idea that they could make those claims without having done any testing, they, they, these studies take months and years to complete that kind of toxicology stuff. Well, so, you're, in, um, you're in the, you're in the, the position... Um, TV you're, in the, you're in the position of telling anyone who was living, who was in that area when those, when that complex was demolished, and breathed in that dust and got sick. You're in the position of telling them that they're faking it, and you're in the position of telling anyone whose pets died in East Palestine, Ohio, and whose soil was contaminated by whatever they did up there. You're in the position of telling them that they're faking it, and you're in the position of mm. telling. All those Vietnamese who had to absorb tons and tons of Agent Orange dioxin that was sprayed all over Vietnam to kill the jungle foliage and subsequently had deformed babies, that they're faking it. And you're in the position of telling the people in Iraq, mothers who bore deformed babies because of their exposure to depleted uranium, which when it's used on the battlefield particularizes and is incredibly poisonous and toxic and really should be banned under the law, under the rules of war, that they're faking it. Now, we know, for example, that poison gas was used in World War One, And I, in particular, I'm thinking of the instance of Adolf Hitler, who was blinded by it and was ne never really made it back to the front. He was still in the hospital recovering from blindness 
from poison gas exposure when he heard that Germany surrendered, and others who never who never recovered their sight, who were blinded or killed, or whose lungs were utterly destroyed by the use of mustard gas. Now, why wasn't this used, at least in the European theater or in the Pacific during World War II? Why wasn't poison gas used? Because there was an understanding. There was an agreement among the warring parties that the first one to use poison gas would just open up a whole, a whole, you know, a whole cavalcade of hey, poison um, gas. Lynn, Kate Emma in the FACO tube chat says, grass is always a good indicator of toxins. The grass right next to this site is green and healthy. Where's all the dead wildlife, all the dead fish? I like Tim Osmond says they're crisis dead fish, crisis acting dead fish. All the dead pets and sick and dying humans. Everything would be dead, not just right. anecdotal. So you think they've really fooled oh, yes. the, I, the, people I, at the, the people at the last American Vagabond, which is a whole crew there. Well, maybe they are, are, are they above reproach and suspicion? Well, I don't know. He's interviewing. I, I watched interviews with several people that he had. And they, I watched an interview with somebody who drove up there with, with a camera and went around and was taking samples and said, yeah, there's this oily sheen. In some of the creeks, but what, what are you saying? You don't think they could blow up five cars of vinyl chloride? You don't think they'd do it for special I, effect? Uh, you don't think they? You don't think they'd do a controlled demolition of the World Trade Center complex without first going through the expensive process of re removing the asbestos? Yeah, I do actually. I, yes, I think they probably remove most of the interior. Kita also no, no, says, no. May, may, maybe in the towers. Yeah. But there's no way they would have done that in the rest of the complex without people seeing it oh, and see. knowing it was done. I worked in a high rise in yeah, downtown me, yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, me too. That I hat, used to go up and down them all day long. Right, Kate M also a, says they kept showing a motorway culvert where the runoff collects and they and they scrapped the stream and went there. Look, toxic sheen. It was a joke. You could do that at every culvert and get the same results. The New World Order death cult aren't going to poison their own well. They want the land after all. And then she also said, who said the asbestos wasn't removed? My God, we're calling all the residents of this town liars. How we, Did we interview all the relatives? No. Uh, uh, come on. Look, I, I mean, you. <laughs> we're, we're calling the <laughs> come people. Come on, Lynn. We're calling the people of this town liars the same way we're calling the people of New How do you know they're from liars. those... <laughs> Crisis actors, man. How many have you seen? How many have been interviewed? You've you've obviously watched more than I so have on all this. Here's here's the yeah. I have. I've watched hours and hours. I of this know stuff. you're deep into it, Frank. Have you watched uh, any of it? Here's a three-hour thing by the Last American Vagabond. Here, they've really <laughs> gone to town. Low intelligence, <laughs> no, which I'm you. going to prove today that they knew. Three hours now, uh, on that this. the firm involved with the cleanup at the New York Times even back then. Well. You eat it. Go ahead, Frank. Dioxins are extremely stable in the environment. No, I haven't watched now, it. I, I should. Now, you know, maybe they can simulate. A, I'm not saying I know that it was absolutely vinyl chloride that was, but you know, you're saying they didn't even they didn't even really blow anything up. They didn't even they didn't even just. You're saying there was no derailment. And by the way, I've been in a derailment. Have you? I, 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 they happen. They so, happen a lot more so, often than you think. Once, to me, once Lynn, I think three, the key thing is that the that, oh, the that the that the crew members from the from the television from the movie, yeah, ended up being oh, just by coincidence, living where the 
accident occurred? Well, so far they've identified one resident of the town who they say was used as an extra. And they did do the filming for the movie at a nearby location, not in East Palestine itself, but at a nearby location. Right. But and and the are, fact that the place is named Palestine. Palestine. Come Palestine. On. That, that's a Berenstein, Berenstein uh, Mandela <laughs> effect there. That's what about I they, I mean, this is just too coincidental. But it's spelled the same way as Palestine, isn't it? Yes. But the main thing is they did a movie there. They could have filmed all this at the same time as when they did the movie. No one would have yeah. been the wiser. They had all the crews there. There's your cover story. And they they used the same people and they probably interviewed them and did all this preparatory work when they did the movie. And then they just... Then they just recounted all the coincidences the the next the next couple months later. I, I think it's a complete, completely and obviously. Stay a, obvious. A, you think it's obvious. I think it's obvious whenever there's a movie or a book or a drill. These are all the covers and it's really hard to, to separate the two conflating real and fake because it was real to all the people that were there as extras. And all, all, it's just, and I agree. There's, there's three derailments a day. It makes sense. Every single train car, I think Wild Times was telling us, has dangerous goods of some extent. Dangerous goods range from extremely benign to maybe highly toxic. Let me tell you how often derailments occur. Well, he said three a day in the United States. Right, but let mm -hmm. me give you a, a, a sort of on the ground view of how often they occur. Mm -hmm. Um. I used to have a job in downtown Baltimore, and they gave me a uh, a free parking spot nice. in the parking garage, so, so I would drive to and from work every day. Oh, here's the Twice. leaky oil company. I love that one. Go, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, next you're going to say that the BP oil spill was faked as well. It was. Okay. But, are we, are we, which one? Are we talking about the Gulf one or the, yeah. Or the very yeah, one yeah, way right. back in? Uh, what about the right. one in Canada? I, I, think I, I think all of those things were fake, Lynn. Which one in Canada? The Exxon Valdez? The Exxon that, was, that was Alaska. Well, that was in Alaska, yeah. yeah. But the Hazleton there. But here's the thing. I, I, twice a year, twice a year, I would take my car into the shop to get fixed. Yeah. Or to get, to, to get a tune-up. Right. And I would take the Mark train from Laurel. It was really convenient because the repair shop where I took the car was right across the street from a major commuter rail station called, it's called the Mark system. And so I never, ever, ever took this commuter rail system except for the once or twice a year that I left my car in the shop. And it was the weirdest thing because I was, we had a derailment. Basically what happened was a tractor trailer was trying to do the railroad crossing and got in that situation where the cab is on one side and the load yeah. is on the other. You didn't quite make it before the gate. Didn't gates quite come make down. it. Right. And we slammed into this thing. Now this is a passenger commuter rail line that people would that commuters ride to and from work every day. Yeah. But I never used it. I only used it Wait, when I had to the take train my car. Here. By the way, I'm looking at the map of East Palestine. You can't see that. It appears that the rail First of all, when there's a major thing going on, usually Google puts it on their Google map. I don't see it this time. I don't know if it was ever there or they just took it down because it's a month later. But it appears that the railway line goes right through the center of town, which if this is a 
Idea Town makes sense because all these towns grew up on the railway. But one of the purposes of many of these, many of the times of these stage drills is to get the government to pay to reroute the rail line around the town. They've done that in Toronto, haven't they? Didn't they do that in Toronto? They did it in Lac Megantic, Quebec, where they staged a big explosion in the downtown of this very small town in Quebec because their rail line went right down down the middle of town. Right, Literally, it was the downtown. Again, that's how rail... That's how so, you, so mm-hmm. do you think they really, so you don't even think there was an explosion in no. East No, no, I think they grabbed that right out of the movie or they did it at the same time and just did special effects. And uh, I think the rail cars we were looking at were from the movie set as well. Well, it's, pr- it's, well, it's pretty despicable that nobody, in the, so basically the local population is going along with it. Well, I don't They're think there's that it. many people to deal with, really. And uh, who are they going to tell? They can do a TikTok video, I guess. I watched a YouTube Man, video. They, they'd of they'd have to whip up, whip up the entire Ohio Valley into into panic and hysteria over this. Oh, they've with, they've for nothing. They've for whipped nothing. up the they've whipped up you over there in Baltimore, Maryland. It's not hard. That's what the media is good at. I don't know what they. I don't know you, whether they blew. I don't know whether they blew something up or not. I don't know whether the explosion was the same one that they happened to stage in the movie. Yeah. I don't know what they set fire to. It sure is close to Pittsburgh, too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I still don't know what the long-term consequences are. You're saying already there's no, it's, we, can, we can safely say with absolute certainty that there was no contamination of anything. Well, I'm And a, we can yeah. safely say that, they, hoaxer, that they, removed, they removed all the asbestos. I have no idea. I'm not going to safely say anything. I'm I'm going to just say I don't know. And anybody who breathed in dust from that controlled demolition and got sick, it's just a malinger who's faking it. Well, the question I think the question, Lynn, is let's say for example with injections, um, we we have seen in in, certainly there's there's a very clear change in mortality statistics in Victoria. But we don't know what to attribute that to. That may have nothing to do with the vaccine. Correct. Sure, but, but you have seen a signal, is what I'm going to say. Has there been a signal observed in, in the kind of deaths related with asbestos observed in New York since the, since the a signal brought down? Who's supplying the yeah. data for the, for the figures that you're using on excess deaths? I mean, you're... you're, you're, but, you're sorry, I don't, I'm not talking about excess deaths because I think... The excess death thing is a faint. What I'm interested in is have we seen an increase in an unexpected increase in deaths in New York subsequent to the events of uh, 2011? Well, so all the people who claim that they suffered cancers and other, they, yes, yeah, a matter of fact, there are numbers pertaining to cancers associated with inhaling this dust. We've been given numbers on this. And apparently right. there is a statistically significant number of people who are living in Manhattan who came down with these cancers. I guess well, I they're all faking I think in, in, my, in my opinion, in my view, I should say, that's, that's enough of a marker for me to, to give what you're saying credibility. To me, if there is 
you know, for example, that when I had a look at the the annual deaths in New York State and New York City for um, 1999, that a massive controlled demolition of the entire complex, yes. not just those two towers, but the entire complex, were never warned. And yes. we're exactly. also talking about the, the people who went into the rubble pile the very next day. And in the weeks, in fact, they said that that pile was still smoking for weeks afterward. And yeah, you could and so I, I, I agree it with was you. So I, bad, I it was think... burning the boots. It was, it was melting the boots. Of the so-called first responders who went in there. I remember that story. That was a good story. So, right, so you know, my view is no. that is that we would, if if you see evidence of an increase in mortality from those diseases as a result, you know, in the time afterwards, then I think it's a you know very strong evidence to support what you're saying. That's that's all the the comment I make. I I see these official death numbers as as giving a signal about an event. Yeah, my inclination is, is of a more, I'm using the reasoning that they were cheap and they didn't want to pay the cost of asbestos removal or toxics removal, and they didn't care. And also, I think a lot it, of them... Yeah, I'm kind of, I think, it's a, I think it's a red herring at this point, but now that I think about it. But you think controlled demolitions and not, not warning anybody about a controlled demolition, I mean a really massive controlled demolition, yeah. the entire WTC complex, not warning yeah, anybody. I, I agree. They cleared the area with a FEMA drill the, that day, so no one was around anyway. Well, maybe not in the immediate area, but mm -hmm. obviously people who lived in the neighborhood would have breathed in that crap. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, yeah, my, so you can, my, if, if, if you... If you if you think of this just from the from a practical point of view, the situation at the at the um, Port Authority buildings prior to what happened was really really difficult intractable situation. They had buildings which would have cost a gazillion dollars to demolish if they had followed the procedures that would have been required. Exactly. That's my. I argument. mean, if if you if you just look at what happened on that day, a bunch of things happened. But one is that they got rid of the buildings that would otherwise have they would have no hope of getting permission to demolish them. And the second problem, the second thing that happened was that AIG Insurance made an absolute fortune, and Lloyd's of London lost well the what they call the. Um, uh, uh, the guy, you know, it used to be called the inside guys. Most of them, many of them, were Australian farmers. They got completely cleaned out, and um, and uh, whoever that Larry, what's his name, was, uh, ended up getting two Larry lots Silverstein. of compensation. Yeah, Larry Silverstein and Frank Lowy were the landlords who owned the complex. They would be the ones you'd arrest for this. They'd be the first ones you'd arrest for this. 
as the owners and landlords of the complex if they knowingly arrange for that demolition. And by the way, there's some indication that Donald Trump was involved as well. Um, yeah, and so the but, whole, so all of those things uh, indicate to me what really happened that way and why there was a, so many people are willing to go along with it because it just made sense to them and that's all. But I agree with you, it's quite possible that there was epidemiological damage done to people as a result of not following those procedures. Lynn, I, 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 Kate Emma says you should watch the movie White Noise. It's word for word. It's just an exact copy. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure it is. And all that, tell, all that tells me is that they planned this in advance and knew what they were going to do. But it doesn't tell me how convincing of a special effect they wanted to use or how much damage they were willing to do. When you look at the special effect of Agent Orange, which, as I say, really was used so heavily in Vietnam that I knew Vietnam vets that came back that were sick, sick from exposure to Agent Orange. And the statistics on birth defects in Vietnam from the children of mothers who were exposed to dioxin, I think the numbers would point to that as well. Likewise, with the depleted uranium that was used uh, in Iraq. I can't speak about Afghanistan on this, although I know they, they probably use depleted uranium munitions in Afghanistan as well. If they can as a counterpoint to that, I would say it's very clear that in Hiroshima there were no or Nagasaki, there is no evidence that anything's happened. No, but you some know, pretty people, serious firebombing some pretty serious firebombing took place. You do realize they, they moved those people out. They they dropped leaflets and urged the people to leave the, the city those cities prior to that firebombing occurring. But they firebombed Tokyo. They firebombed other Japanese cities. Yes, and again, but they did, they did move those people out of those cities. So you don't, think they, you, don't, you don't think they really bombed the hell out of Germany at the end of I, I World do, War II? I, I think, think they think did. was destroyed, yeah. I do think they did. And well, people don't die. People don't actually die in bombings like that, do they? They, they fake it. Is that right? Well, no. I, Anyone that's in I the way know. might, I suppose. But well, you call them uh, controlled demo. You call them controlled demolitions. I call them special effects. I, I don't. I, I don't call them <laughs> controlled demolitions necessarily. I, I do call nine eleven a controlled demolition for the reasons that we've just talked about. Oh, if we're going to characterize here. warfare as population displacement, population yeah. relocation. Strategic, yeah, that's a good one. Strategic population relocation together with controlled demolitions. Right. What happens when you decide to do the controlled demolition without without evacuating the people or warning the people first? Well, yes, and they're the, I guess they I don't know if that doesn't, if that happens. I don't yeah, know if, if that happens or not. Well, I'm sure it happens. I know it happened. I'm pretty sure it happened in Germany during World War II. I'm pretty sure it happened in Dresden. I don't think anybody was warned that they were going to firebomb the hell out of Dresden. Or yeah, I, I think there was probably, I think that's a possibility. Lynn, I'm going to download and watch White Noise, thanks to you. I, I was going to try and avoid it, but now I'm going to well, take a look I, what, at it. What, is, what does it prove to show that they knew what they were going to do in advance and that they staged this? But And, and here's the other thing. Let's say we're right, and I kind of hope we're right. I hope that that 
whole business up there in Ohio really was just a movie. I really do. But well, it's going to be it's going to be a case of whether someone takes advantage of property prices or you know they declare areas unsafe with or without. Yes, I think yes, that's you have going to create to be an issue. you have to create a situation if you want to get the people out. I'm thinking about Love Canal in connection with this because you know Love Canal is a big deal. They allegedly discovered all this contamination and they really had to uproot the entire community and get people out of there. Now they may have faked it. No, I, no I, I believe it really was severely contaminated because of the extreme industrialization in and around that area. I've been there. That's that's just up the Niagara River and, and there was extreme industrialization due to very cheap hydroelectric energy from Niagara Falls. So what, really is our, what is our priority here? Is our priority explaining to people that this was all done with special effects to fake you well, out? If, if, I were to, if I were to give an answer to that, I would say let's consider the possibility that when you are told to sell your house, um, let's consider the possibility that this may be a fraud before you agree. You know, do your what? due diligence to establish what actually has gone on if there is contamination from vinyl chloride monomer going everywhere, then you know work out a way to get your own independent analysis done before you agree to some. That uh, that apparently that apparently is what Ryan Christian and his crowd around the last American vagabond have been doing. They've been they've been doing their own research. Now I know you know I guess we're going to dismiss them as a bunch of crisis actors. I'm I'm not dismissing anything. At all, I, I, I'm not there. I don't know that. I am. I am simply suggesting. We know that there is fraud that goes on all the time, and it, it, right now in, in my country, it's rampant and it's being done by very senior people. Outright fraud, lies, and deception. But that's not what I'm I asking think, about here. I'm not asking. No, no. But you, you, you asked me. That. You asked me what is why? Why is the reason? That I'm talking talk about, about the people on the ground. On the ground. I am as well. I'm you just, are I'm talking un, those unwillingly the drafted been... into an army of crisis. They're drafted into this army of crisis actors. Well, I don't and know you have to that. create a convincing special effect. Well, the you question have to is, a convincing uh, if people effect. are being, I'm, I'm going to su just simply suggest, if I were in their position and I was made some ridiculous offer to remove my house or, or whatever, I would, I would want to have an independent study done in my own way. If I, there's, there's similar things going on in flood-stricken places in Australia where, where the council is coming up and saying, look, um, we condemn your house. It doesn't meet the building regulations anymore and you've got to leave. Now, they have no right or power to do that. Well, we even, there, there was another we precedent. We yeah, are observing, we are observing in the world today, in, to, in all of the world, a very powerful group that are defrauding people. They're making war on people and they're defrauding and they're defrauding. And this is like the same argument about whether to call it a hoax or a false flag. Hoax is a tactic. False flag is a strategy. If it is a hoax, you're doing it in order to frame somebody. And that's what makes it a false flag. You're doing yep. to falsely, to bear false witness, to falsely incriminate someone. And that's yes. what makes it a false flag. Whether it's a, whether it's a complete hoax 
or a hybrid event, and that's what I'd suggest most warfare is. Most warfare is hybrid. Yes, of course there's rubber inflatable tanks, and of course there's um, all kinds of fakery and psychological warfare going on. But there's also a real ass, a real destruction that goes on, and occasionally the use of real explosives, real bullets, real depleted uranium, real Agent Orange, and there's real poisoning and killing of people. But I guess they're all faking it. Well, I'm not claiming that. So uh, I, I disavow being put into that camp of saying that. So you're saying we, we don't know at this point. It's, I'm we saying we really don't know. know. I, I'm saying right. be alert. Well, I agree with that. I emphatically agree with that. <gasps> I, as far as fraud goes, I wouldn't put it. They have an unlimited budget to commit yeah. fraud. On the other hand, sometimes it's cheaper to do the real thing than to do the fake job. Do you understand? Mm-hmm, it's sure. even at the, at the cost of human life and the destruction of property and the creation of chaos. It's cheaper and more efficient to do the real thing than to fake it. Especially if it's in a, in a, a limited area, in a small area. They're, they could decide to sacrifice an entire neighborhood or an entire community by doing the real thing. And then you'd have plenty of people running around getting sick, dying, and suffering from the consequences of these actions. And uh, I don't want to be the one to tell them you're faking it. I don't want to be the one to I, – I happen to know a fireman who's a 9-11 treater. His name is Dale Pierce, and he, he goes around the country basically trying to uh, – well, you know, he, organizing around 9-11 truth. He's still trying to get firemen to look at 9-11 and see that it was a controlled demolition. And he knows, he knows firemen who got really deathly ill, who worked in the pile. You know, it, it, to him – the contamination that these firemen were exposed to is real. I'm not yes. going to tell him that I think he's faking it or they're faking it, even though I might be willing to tell him, oh, yeah, the alleged 3,000 victims, that's fake. They evacuated the buildings first. There were, the, the towers themselves were not fully – they, they had maybe 20 floors that were actually, uh, how do you say, developed or uh, furnished, whatever – that really we were looking at sort of hollow towers. I'm willing to, I actually, that's how I got into this discussion with this guy, Dale Pierce. I was presenting the hollow towers pictures and he agreed. It was very likely that the buildings had been down, but his argument is they demolished that entire complex. So even if they had removed the toxic and the asbestos from the towers first, there was more than enough in these other buildings to, to really mess with people, to really contaminate the air and uh, make people sick. Mm. So, it, it, once again, what we're going to get into now is how can uh, – to me, it's more important that whatever happened in East Palestine, Ohio, was planned and staged. That's important to, to get that point across to people. How real was it in the sense – this is Martha from London, now living in Scotland, and you're listening to Fakeologist Audio on Fakeologist.com. Sorry about that. I was just reading. The, I was reading the East Palestine update for March first, twenty twenty-three, and um, 
from what I can tell, there isn't a hell of a lot going on right now. Um, they have, they're shipping away 1.8. There's your, there's your Kai. 1.8 million gallons of liquid wastewater have been hauled out of the east, out of East Palestine. Uh, 150,000 gallons is going to Vickery, Ohio, where they will. Dis- there have been com- complaints about that too. These they're, people. Do- oh. You're right. They're disposing it with deep well injection. 1.4 million gallons is going to Texas for deep well injection. 300,000 gallons is going to Romulus, Michigan, which is probably extremely polluted thanks to the car industry for deep well injection. Uh, 700 tons of solid waste is going to Grafton, Ohio, to Ross Incineration to be incinerated. 200 tons is going to Liverpool, Ohio for incineration. 400 tons is going to Belleville, Michigan to go into a landfill. Yeah, yikes. And here, well, here's the we're response. Looking, we're looking at a 9-11. We're looking at a 9-11. We're looking at nothing but a garbage removal from probably the uh, movie site. And here we go. There, here's the result. Governor DeWine announced today that he has spoken with the CEOs of both Norfolk Southern and CSX Railroads about the need for increased train derailment response training for first responders because most rail lines in Ohio are in rural areas. Volunteer firefighters are the most likely to be uh, first on the scene to a train derailment. However, there is currently very little training for volunteers. So there you I, go. I, yeah. I should inform you. At, this I is Martha from London. Well, be quiet, Martha. <laughs> I, I should inform you at this point in all due diligence, that yeah. I worked for seven years for CSX, the railroad, oh, nice. on on hazmat, on is, hazardous material. Right. The placarding of railroad cars, Yes, right? Uh, on a, I'm, uh, I'm in a the st- transportation business, too, so I placard. I've taken dangerous goods courses. You know, I think this is, the, I think this is just maybe um, another drill to try and get some money into rail safety. And like you just said, this... East Palestine is rural Ohio. It's extremely poor. The average, the 10% of the population is below the poverty line. They don't have, they don't even have a fire department in the area that can handle this kind of thing. And it just speaks to the just impoverished rural America, especially the Rust Belt of which Ohio is part of. And they're just made pointing out that they cannot handle any potential dangerous event of which this is not one of them but it's it's just a drill to draw attention to it and they did a bit of a double fake and i really appreciate ips for really making this clear because he's the only one that talks about this so they had the whole the whole reflexive truth community of which last american vagabond is part of doing their part to to amp up the hype and just just make this a big deal, even though it's a movie. But the the net effect will be maybe to bring more money into just rail safety in these rural areas, which are completely wide open, obviously, to any potential problems because they just don't have money or yep. manpower to deal with it, period. To be, to be fair about it, Last American Vagabond has not said one way or another that they actually did blow up. Uh, I know, but they're not even, they're not even, this is the best part of IPS. They're not even entertaining the idea that this could have been a drill just to bring about change in laws based on a phony event. 
Well, actually, they the, are. Actually, they are discussing the idea of what are the consequences of this. No, but they're not. The they're not saying what the are whole the thing was. They, they are discussing. Oh, the right, of course, and that's the what, difference here. The difference here want. is that they think a really convincing special effect was used, mm -hmm. and that in fact a small area was contaminated and poisoned. Well, I. See. They're not. They're not disputing the fact that this was staged. I think most of them are convinced it was staged, and I think that's okay. what the movie. That's the importance of the movie. But they're not saying one way or another. Well, that's the confusion what? that the movie brings about. It's conflating real and fake. And it's making it really difficult to discern. And obviously you're quite convinced because of their research that it's no, real. No, I didn't, I didn't say I was convinced. Well, you're, that's I, I how you're coming across to me. How about you, right, Frank? I, is, she coming, I, is she coming across? I, that? No, look, I still... I think the point that I get out of the comments, which I thought were great, by the way. I I um, just think that, that there are real consequences to staged events that can happen. We don't know um, that no one is injured. In this particular instance, I think I don't... Um, All we have is some dead here. fish and some foxes, from what I understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, and, uh, and, up, and, up there in Toronto, they had a problem with an invasive species. I guess it was the, the, the uh, what's the, the snakehead. We right? did? Snakehead fish, right. And apparently somebody went out and caught the government up there in, uh, I guess it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in, in uh, Ontario, deliberately poisoning waterways to get rid, basically they were wiping out all the species in this, in a particular designated area, poisoning the water to get rid, basically eliminating all species in order to get rid of the snakehead, which is a foreign invasive species that had taken, apparently they're saying had taken over, and then proceeding to restock the waterways with new fish. And they were caught doing it. You, you must be familiar with this. No, right? I never because heard of it. But it says Oh, my here, God. You didn't, this it, was a big story in, in Canada. Yeah, big story. Well, not this part of Canada. It says here in 2010, there's a story that some longtime fisher woman, Amy Mary, decided to try a new fishing spot on the Welland Canal that connects Lake Dreary, which, of course, is bordering the United States, and Lake Ontario last weekend. She reeled in a voracious foreign invader, the... The 21-inch the catch had to be a northern snakehead fish. And that's about it. <laughs> that's a lot. I, I, actually, I actually saw a, a local example of this up on the Chesapeake Bay where during the 1950s and 60s, there was a tremendous increase in motorboating, recreational motorboating uh, on the... Um, on the Susquehanna and the Elk Rivers that meet there at the mouth of the, you know, at the top of the Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. And uh, the, the seagrasses that grew along the embankment there, what they call sea cel uh, celery, they call it celery actually. It's a sort of a grows in watery soil. And it really holds the embankment together. But apparently the Department of Natural Resources here in Maryland, it might have been, who knows, it might have been fisheries or one of the bureaucracies here in the state of Maryland, and I guess they, Pennsylvania as well, went ahead and poisoned, um, used an herbicide 
uh, in the Susquehanna River and the Elk River to kill the sea celery so it wouldn't be growing so profusely and getting caught in the propellers of the, uh, the motor boaters that were you know, using that area recreationally. And as a consequence, well, first of all, there was a massive fish kill. And uh, a next-door neighbor of mine who grew up up there said one day there's this tremendous fish kill. And then for years afterwards, you couldn't fish in that area. And um, no one really knew what happened or why. But we were up there in the 80s hiking around, and we saw these dump trucks uh, dumping new soil all along the embankment. And we ran into uh, a bird was, you know, a, a local up there who was fairly familiar with this. And he said, oh, yeah, he said what happened was they poisoned, they, they used an herbicide to get rid of the sea celery because it was getting in the, it was messing up the engines of the motor boaters. And in the course of doing it, it there was a fish kill. And, but that the long-term consequence of it was complete erosion of the embankment of these rivers. So now they were rebuilding the embankment. And the way he explained it was that's how they did things in those days. The recreational boating industry had a lot of uh, hugely powerful political lobby in Annapolis because, you know, on the eastern shore of Maryland and in Maryland generally, recreational boating is like it's a major thing. It's a major industry. And uh, they just hadn't cared. They really hadn't cared when they did this. And, you know, there's other instances that I could point to of, uh, was it just, I just slipped my mind, but another case where they sort of deliberately polluted an area because they were in a hurry to uh, achieve a certain objective. What am I thinking of the case here? But I'm not sure. Hey, listen, um, if I could interrupt, because uh, we're going to have to wrap up the show in a bit here. Um, I just wanted to point out a message I got from a, a new listener or a recent listener who came by way of Mr. E, if I can find it here, message from Iqualuit. Her name is Iqualuit. And uh, she said, I, I, I use FACOTube to try and listen to Mr. E interviews and hopefully your upcoming interview with Poncho Pete, who I just found on uh, Twitter, thanks to Thomas J. And Poncho Pete, I have not asked him to come on the show yet because I'm not familiar with his work, but I'd be happy to interview him. And she said, I would like to suggest putting up a video on how to navigate your website slash live interviews. The process is complicated and requires using WordPress, Discord, and other FacoTube site. Difficult to figure out how to use. I'm not a tech person. I would and would be interested in using your website live interviews if things were easier to use. Just a suggestion. And I want to acknowledge, yes, it is difficult to figure out what the hell's going on on the FacoTube media platform. I got it. Unfortunately, all these platforms are independent. They don't integrate easily. Uh, you don't really need a login for any of them. You can just go to FacoTube. You can get, just go to Fakeologist blog. You can register to get emails and notifications. So that's the main reason. Uh, you can comment anonymously on the blog. You don't need a registration, but it does make it easier for next time if you don't log yourself out. And unfortunately, all these platforms are have their own registration and login system. Discord, I don't control. Even my forums is a different login. And Frank and Lynn both have had difficulty 
trying to log in. I've tried to make it easy. It does work because there are hundreds or thousands of messages which indicates these people, uh, these authors were successful in getting in. So I really don't know if I can do a video. I guess I can try um, to do a screenshot video and show you how to use it. But um, I know it's difficult for the non-techies, which of course is why they like the WhatsApps and the Telegrams because you don't really need much training to use them. But I do suggest you do make an effort to try and, and figure it out. But um, Frank, do you have any closing comments? Because uh, we've been going about an hour and a quarter. And Lynn, you are a dynamo of information and I really like your passion. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I would... Um, I have never had the chance to thank you, Lynn, for your contributions over the years. I just think you are a, a stellar contributor to the um you know to the dialogues over over the times I've been uh, listening to this type of stuff so thank you yeah and I consider you to be an expert <laughs> in terms of statistical analysis on uh, well, he's putting in <laughs> the work were... he's putting in yeah. the work yeah well, yeah I've always enjoyed Lynn calling into uh, hoaxbusters with Chris rest in peace and over the years she's done a lot of contributions I hope one day you can get onto the forums again and try and, and leave, I'm working some, on that. Yeah, and leave I'm working some more messages because you're on Facebook and I know you get booted off Facebook all the time. And unfortunately, that's only for the Facebook audience. So many people cannot access Facebook and they can access the forums, of course, because that's on the old fashioned World Wide Web Internet that is free and available to anyone without tracking so try your best if you can Lynn to get on the forums again so you can post some of your stuff because you do tons of posting I know on Facebook well, guys I have to shut, shut short my farewells I've got uh, the wheels of commerce are ticking I've got a truck arriving I'm I out. something is backing up I thought the uh, salt machine was uh, ready to, ready to disperse <laughs> and dispense but Frank right. thanks for joining you'll be thanks. back Thursday and potentially on the weekend Terrific. Cheers. All right. And Lynn, do you have any closing comments here? Well, once again, I'm going to talk about the special effects department. And yeah. I think that's how we have to look at this. How far are they willing to go to create a convincing special effect? Are they willing to poison people? Are they willing to kill people? I say no, they're not. And they don't have to, but they can simulate it and bring out actors to say they're, they're sick or dying or their chickens died. Or their fish died. But uh, Not Shock says, disagree with Lynn on Ohio, but love her calls. So you got a fan there. Not Shocked is a big fan. Lynn, have you looked into communitarianism? Because it is the buzzword oh, of the day. Oh, yes. Yeah, it goes back to Amita Etzioni and Judith oh. Beth Elstate. I could talk for hours about communitarianism, but... You already have some pretty good sources on that, so... No, I'd like to hear, because you, if you've been looking into it, maybe we can get you with the wonderful Jenna and Brian yeah. to talk yeah. about that. I, I, I'd like to... I'd, I'd listen to a back and forth between you guys, because you know more about it probably than I do, if you, if you know, if you've been studying it for a long time. Yeah, it's been around since, uh, to my knowledge, since at least the 80s. So. Yeah. All right, well, we'll have you back. I'll get Jenna and Brian, and we'll uh, we'll hook you into the email and uh, bring you in uh, maybe next week. 
Appreciate it. We'll do an hour on that. So bring, and, uh, I'm going to work work on getting another computer. So. <laughs> yeah, do your best uh, if you okay. can. Maybe the thrift shop will have one. <laughs> the budgets are tight. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe you could start. You know, do you have? Well, I was going to say, set up an Epic Pay wallet. We'll get you going uh, on that. We're getting into crypto now. Okay. Why not? Why not? Epic Cash uh, up over a dollar. So if you listened to Uncle Vigilante last month, you would have doubled your money. Oh, God, you're going to turn me into a speculative gambler, okay? Well, okay, maybe a couple hundred. That's Is that really... Yeah, yeah that's not... You're right. That's like playing it at the... You're gambling using fiat <laughs> currency. You're gambling that's going to be worth something in 10 years if you're, if you're stashing away U.S. dollars. Isn't that a bit of a gamble as well? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, Lynn. Thanks so much. Everyone loves hearing from Lynn from Baltimore, Maryland. Thanks for calling, huh? Take care. All right. Take care. There goes Lynn. There goes me. Not shocked. He enjoyed the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Kate Emma, thank you for all your texts. They will turn into comments in this video. Thank you to the others here on the FacoTube chat. Even though I can't see who's live anymore, I'm going to try and bring that feature back. And uh, Epic Souls, hello. Thanks to all the donors, the sustaining donors. You know, There are people that just donate every month. I don't give them enough props. You can go to fakeologist.com forward slash donate forward slash donors. Look at the list. So many people donate monthly. They just leave the donate on auto, auto pay. The monthly donation from DonorBox is extremely convenient. Use your credit card. We take Epic Cash. As I said, Epic Cash is coming up to tripling in the last month. No guarantees of the future. But if you want to donate to the show, even one Epic Cash, which now is worth a dollar fourteen or something, just point your phone, your Veet wallet at this QR code here and shoot me some do re me, some Epic Cash. And I will savor it forever. And what day is it? It's the end of the week. It's Thursday. So the next show will be maybe Sunday. Otherwise, there'll be audio chats on the weekend. Make sure you tune in. Fakeologist.com. Just go to the homepage, fakeologist.com. There's all the links, the live shows, the audio chats, the blog, the forums, the streams, the podcasts, FakeOtube. It's all there. Enjoy. Thank you for supporting the greatest media fakery slash hoax site on the internet. All the best. We will talk to you again.